0: Live from the Nova Home Loan Studios, it's Cofield and Company. All
1: right, here we go.
2: It's a Tuesday. Nova Home Loan Studio. Busy show on the way. We're going to talk to Q Myers in about 20 minutes. Mark McMillan, a little later in the show, one of our NFL insiders, lots of draft talk today. Uh, busy, busy goings on around Las Vegas in terms of the sports schedule. We start off with uh, crappy news. Man, so many people were all jazzed up about the game over at the Aviators Park, LV Ballpark, and now it got canceled. You and LV had a positive somewhere in the program for COVID, and a game that was expected to go north of you know 2,000 fans as we start to open things
3: up, canceled against Arizona State. it sucks i mean it's a a reminder of how close we are and also that we're not there like it's kind of both worlds here of hey we're very close to having events like this and getting back out there but we also have to be vigilant and you know cautious and everything else with this so um just sucks i I know a lot of people as you said that were very excited about this i had friends that were you hitting me up like oh i'm getting tickets i can't wait i gotta get out there People were fired up for this.
2: Uh we were just talking to Dustin Dehart before the show here at Nova Home Loans, as we're live at the Nova Home Loan Studios, and he was saying, hey, he got a pair of tickets. And uh and then he found out, you know, he couldn't go, so he, he sent out a message like, you know, is anyone anyone gonna want these tickets? And he said he got blown up immediately yeah. to get the tickets, and then of course, game gets canceled, so now no game, which sucks because UNLV did a lot of work on this with the aviators yeah. to get the game out there. Um, you know, when we see these cancellations, people don't realize all of the effort that goes into setting some something up like this
3: especially with all you know we still have restrictions so bummer big time bummer for sure and I, as you said like it's not just a matter of hey we're going to play over at the stadium today nah. like it's not that at all like and, and especially as you pointed out the the restrictions are still in place you have to like f- you have to formulate a plan to have people sitting in certain areas and to have certain entrances and to use certain restrooms and concessions and all that and uh, those plans have to be done in order to make these events work right now and when you go to all that work and don't get the don't get the payoff, it just sucks for everybody involved.
2: Uh good news coming up. More events getting scheduled for the stadium. So that's cool. What is the gold cup? Soccer tournament.
3: Okay. CONCACAF. With. Uh it'll be it'll be the this region. So it'll be like US, Mexico, Canada so it's
2: North America, Central America, and the Caribbean. Sure. All right. Well, we it's, need to explain that. I, you know, I don't, it's I, don't, I don't know what this, it
3: is. this region. Yeah, it's so the you know, Jamaica will be in it, and you know, countries okay. like that doesn't include South America. No. Okay. No. So they have their own region. They do. Stay away from us. What's that? What's that one called? Uh, it is. There's. It's another mishmash of letters. Uh, called con, ball con, 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 it's, it, it's. There's a lot of letters there. Okay. So what are we getting? Uh, we're, we're getting games in the Gold Cup that'll be here in Las Vegas starting I mean, in August. in August August 1st uh and listen this is um this is what you know was envisioned you know different events coming here to town and we kind of got derailed a little bit and um held back but we wanted to have you know want to have a soccer only stadium we got Allegiant Stadium that can uh that can do these these events now like all these different events all the soccer all the you know all these big football games these neutral site games are going to be interested the final four will be interested all these things will be interested this is if you don't care about the gold cup you don't care about soccer fine but all these things are going to be able to start coming here the olympics going on at the same time uh it's around i mean yeah it's the end of july for the olympics all right we didn't make it though in soccer (laughs) <laughs> that's a good point. If, if that's your, if that was but your just, question, I was
2: reading someone reacting to uh, the Olympics going on at the same time. Like, oh, how how good's the talent going to be? Well, the U.S. will have its talent. Yeah, no yeah. problem there.
3: No, no issues. No, no. No, issues. no
2: conflicts. We're good. Yeah, it's the Gold Cup final,
3: which is you know I would imagine you know hopefully it works out that it's U.S. Mexico, which would be amazing. Yeah, I saw people uh, generally nameless
2: eggs or a cartoon character jackass type up on uh, Twitter. Where they're like, I hope, you know, uh, they were joking. I thought the stadium was there to host sports. <laughs> like, oh. soccer is not a sport.
0: <laughs>
2: Do you believe by August 1st it'll be full capacity? Uh, word is soccer configuration at the stadium is 61,000. Could they actually push it to that number? Could they sell that many tickets?
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, I think so, for too. Sure. Yeah. Uh, by <laughs> the way, South, South America is C-O-N-M-E-B-O-L. Conmebol. Com- oh, my God. Yeah. That one's tough. It's I like CONCACAF. Yeah, CONCACAF. It doesn't, doesn't make much sense either. but No, it's also ridiculous.
2: <laughs> all right. Well, this is what we were waiting for, right? We heard all these claims that uh, along with NFL football, college football, concerts, and then soccer would be a big draw, that we could never host a gigantic soccer game, although they had some big ones over at Sam Boyd that we'd be on – you know, in the running for major soccer games. And for folks out there who, again, I don't know how at this point, you don't know how big and impactful international soccer can be (laughs) to certain cities. It's going to be a moneymaker. And uh, if we can, if we can host a couple of these a year where we're getting soccer games of 50,000 plus, that's a good thing. And and we'll
3: be on the list to host like some of the preseason games. Some of the, the EPL team's always going to tour here. uh, Some of the big uh, clubs in Spain, uh, in Germany, they always come on tours here before their season starts. And now we're in the running for those too. WNBA basketball coming along is uh, we got the schedule all set. Looks like the
2: opener for the Aces Friday, May twenty first.
3: At oh, you don't like the corporate name, so I won't against say. the Sparks. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a if, if you're confused, I will say this: it has a corporate name now at the arena. So if you're confused of where it is, I I this may look be, up? I know what it is. If this may I, I, we don't say the names of corporate uh well it's sponsored arena. by mick ultra you can get
2: over to silver sevens get the uh, mick ultra okay, special during go. happy hour 277 there on the mick ultras if there's a
3: tie-in this may be try not to give out too many freebies this may be the most asked question i've had the last month where's mick ultra arena where on earth is mick ultra arena in las vegas i've never heard of that that is the mandalay bay event center that is the new name so if you're confused on this that is where it is and uh i i can't believe how many people have asked me that and by the way i didn't know this happened, like, during the pandemic, basically, and I had no idea that they had changed the name of it. Uh, so I had to look it up the first time. But, yeah, people are uh, are, are very confused about where this is. It's Mandalay Bay, and, and, yes, WNBA coming back in Las Vegas will once again be among the best teams in the league. One of our major league teams, Golden Knights. Weird one last night, huh? What was going on at the beginning? Sluggish start. I, I expected it. Uh, I actually uh, I thought the Kings might be a good value play for, for betters out there that were getting, you know, plus 170 or so uh, came down a little bit just before game time uh, with some of the lineup announcements but uh yeah it was a tough spot for the knights after you know, a trip and then coming home and then playing the two very kind of disjointed games uh the way that they played this weekend and then you know going on the road for a short turnaround and some travel against the kings uh but golden knights came out slow slow a little bit uh, not a whole lot of uh, intensity going on early in the game. They gave a couple goals, fell behind, and then rallied for four unanswered uh, to to get the victory. And uh, all that matters, you win. It doesn't matter how you play. Sometimes. What the roster looked like last night? Uh, well, obviously, Reeves to uh, to IR. Keegan Kolasar out for a little bit of time as well. Uh, they played shorthanded once again uh, as they have a couple of times, but uh, this is a team that's kind of used to a lot of those, a lot of those issues, and uh, you know the the top the top six, they're intact, so they were good and they played really well yesterday.
2: Around the NFL, lots of uh, trending stories here at the top on Cofield and Company. Uh, a couple of stories. Uh, first of all, Broncos Seahawks boycott NFL offseason programs due to COVID nineteen concerns. So what's happening here?
3: Well, the NFLPA has recommended all players do this, so we will see how this kind of plays out. And I don't know if that's a negotiating tactic or if that is just something that they, they plan on doing, uh, that they don't want to have uh, off-season activities in person. Uh, we're kind of waiting to see how this plays out uh, if they work on a deal between the NFL and the NFLPA because the teams want to return to the facilities and have all their practices and their OTAs and everything else. Uh, the Players Association is like, wait a minute. Uh, is it really safe? Is it really... Uh, Is it really worth going in uh, when you balance the risk of doing so uh, with what the benefit is when last offseason actually went fairly well uh, by most accounts in terms of everybody kind of working out from home, doing the zooms from home uh, and just staying away from from the facilities? Uh, What is the benefit of going in for some of these offseason activities? So uh, I would imagine the Players Association and the league comes to some agreement of some limited Time in the facility. I believe there's only one weekend that's allowed. That's mandatory anyway. Uh, everything else has to be optional. So I would I would imagine the NFLPA suggests all the players opt out of all the optional uh, in person activities, and then the league comes back and says, "All right, let's at least get a couple of mandatories, and then you can opt out of everything else and make it virtual." bronco statement from the players:
2: With off season programs starting in less than a week and without adequate protocols in place and order. For us players to return safely, we'll be exercising our right not to participate in voluntary offseason workouts. COVID-19 remains a serious threat to our families and communities. And it makes no sense for us as players to put ourselves at risk during this uh, dead period. Positivity rates in our city are higher than they were at this time of last year. And we know players have been infected at club facilities in recent weeks. So it also says despite having completely virtual offseason last year, the quality of play across the NFL was better. Better than ever, by almost every measure. You agree with that? I mean, that's
3: subjective. Yeah.
2: Uh, we hope players across the NFL would uh, work with our union, as we did, to get all the facts so every player can make an informed
3: decision. Yeah, I mean, they, they – <laughs> These guys don't the love the game! <laughs> yeah. Or is this uh, is this a closer
2: move to getting rid of these voluntary workouts? 100%. Uh, I, I would imagine Man- the –
3: Voluntary slash mandatory. Oh, it's it's meant for young
2: people. Right, for the
3: young for the players, young players you better show up. Got to be there. And so I I would imagine like I said, I think I think they'll probably try to redo not the entire CBA, but at least these portions of it and just say, "Okay, let's come to an agreement. We'll make a couple more mandatory, but then there'll be everything else will be virtual or uh or wiped away so that they'll get, you know, fewer total uh time in the facility and during the off season, uh but more mandatory time.
2: By the way, also trending, a couple of college basketball notes that just came in, uh, Donovan Yap, right? Probably can't play in the Mountain West Conference. He moved on from UNLV, a local kid. He's transferred to Fresno State. So if he turns out to be a player, that could be four years of max three games a year. Oh, boy. Uh, Also, with UNLV ties uh, back in the Mountain West Conference, Eric Brown, who was on the... Marvin Menzies' staff and his assistant, yeah. uh, or as an assistant, has just been hired at New Mexico.
3: Oh, nice. So he's an
2: ace recruiter in Southern California.
3: Yeah, not we'll, nice for UNLV, but good no, for him.
2: No, no, but we, yeah, Eric's a good guy. Uh, we'll get you updated on UNLV basketball, the comings and goings, uh, mostly goings right now. And there were some major players added to the conference. So we'll get to that in the three o'clock hour. One more important trending football note at two o'clock as we come out of the gates here on fire with uh, events canceled and Scheduled in the future, and uh, some early talk about BGK. What is the NFL going to do with the vaccine? Is this a gentle nudge, or is it get the vaccine or else players and staffers?
3: It's that one. Okay, yeah, it's going to be a mandatory mandatory vaccination uh, for employees. Reading uh, and here, staffers.
2: the NFL informed clubs today: any team employee who refuses a COVID nineteen vaccination without quote a bona fide medical, medical or religious ground will be barred from tier one or tier two status thus have restricted access within the team facility and not work directly with players per sources. I read that per source is weird. Like it was part of the statement.
3: Um, What is tier one or tier two? Uh, Anybody that'd be around players or in the facility really. So like last year coaches, uh, yeah, but they're, I, that's the confusing part of this is like, I I think that they are, that they are separate from this. Like, listen, I think they're going to also very much encourage that. But, like, say a PR staffer who refused the vaccine. They would not be allowed in the locker room. They would not be allowed in the facility. They would not be allowed anywhere near where they'd have contact with anybody that has contact with players or coaches. They would basically be, like, working from home and probably allowed in the press box but not down at field level. Like, that would kind of be how this would work out. Uh, That you just wouldn't be allowed to be around anyone uh, who – would potentially be uh would potentially have access to players so it's get the vaccine or i mean probably you're not working there anymore like if, if you can't do your job if you're not allowed to be in the facility uh maybe they would have to be like they'd have to figure out the way i don't know how that would work out legally what the recourse would be but basically it's get the vaccine i mean that's what they're telling you here uh if you want to be around and doing your your the functions of your job you better do you get. think
2: do you think that's fair like, do you know anyone who works within the Raiders
3: organization and might be like, yeah, I don't want to get it. I'm not comfortable. Do you think it's fair? I don't know anybody within the organization that has expressed that. Um, in fact, the only people that I know in the organization and talk to closely are very excited to get it and have gotten it. Uh, so I don't know that that's the case. I'm sure that there's people that are going to be up in arms and outraged about this. Like, you know how I feel. I think everybody should get it. I think any any kind of encouragement or any kind of push or nudge or whatever is legal in your realm to to get it is fine um i don't think they should run around and like grab a needle and jab it into somebody but like this is your choice uh, again people are like if i don't want to get it i don't have to get it you're right but i also don't have to allow you around people that's my choice so yes you have the choice you can not get it and as i said don't if you don't want to get it i'm fine with you not getting it you better stay home like, I don't want to see you out in public, but you don't have to get it. That's your choice, and then that's our choice.
0: Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Chopping it up on a Tuesday. It's Cofield and Company at the Nova Home Loan Studio. ESPN Las Vegas on
2: Tuesday. Q Myers is with us. We got lots of Raiders stuff to get into. But right out of the gates, I think we have to talk about the most important thing going on right now in sports. And, yes, it's sports. Yes, real life crosses over with sports, folks. I know people are tired of hearing about negative things and dealing with reality. But, Q, uh, what's going on in Minneapolis? We got deja vu, and it's it's sickening.
1: It's sickening. You get to a point where you don't even know what to say. Yeah, I know, man. And it's just one of those scenarios. And what I hate about it the most, and, of course, I always appreciate being on with you. But what I hate about it the most is that when I hear about these incidents that happen, They don't surprise me anymore. You know what I mean? And that, I think, is a a, a problem in itself. I should be shocked by these situations. I should say, oh, my goodness, I never saw that coming. But unfortunately, that's not the case anymore. You know, it's like I'm almost numb to it. And that's a problem that kind of lets you know that this has been going on for far too long. And, uh, you know, I, I realize mistakes happen. Accidents happen. No one's perfect. I get it. I realize officers of the law have the hardest job in the world. I'll, I'll go to my grave and say that. I get it. They don't know if they're pulling over me or they're pulling over somebody else with bad intentions. They don't have any idea until they get there. But, man, oh, man, these situations, you, they're in a business that, that you have to be as close to perfect as possible. And you, you can't really afford not to, you know, not get it right. And, unfortunately, too, time, too many times they're not getting it right.
2: So what do you think about canceling games? What does it actually do? Like, what's the purpose aside from a a mental health end? I don't mean to sound callous here, but I'm trying to figure out, like, what what canceling games is actually going to lead to and if we're going to actually have conversation and, again, uh, make some change.
1: Well, unfortunately, I don't think that the conversation that's being had is, is even enough anymore because I don't think there's action that follows the conversation. We could have all the conversations we we want. We can go on the radio and do three hour shows on it and just, you know, hold court all you want. But if there's no actions that follow it up following, it really doesn't matter. It falls on deaf ears. And so it's just, it's just in my opinion, like a changing uh, of, of the guard and changing of the way people are thinking. That's how things are going to get resolved. Is is fresh blood, fresh people in, in, in places of, of power and position where where they come in with fresher ideas and not, not, a, you know, old school kind of tactics. And, and just, you know, it's it, it's really just a process in my opinion. I mean, we've had conversations now it feels like for a couple of years and, I feel like we're still where we where we started at, which is senseless killings of, you know, guys and and, and people that, uh, you know, don't don't deserve to die over a simple traffic stop.
2: Q Myers is with us. He does radio in Waco. He's part of our team over on Raider Nation Radio 920. He does locked on Raiders podcast. Uh, I'll throw this out there just as a point of comparison. And maybe nothing comes out of this, but I'd say in my lifetime, because I'm an aggressive driver, right? Uh, I'll say in my lifetime, I've been pulled over 25 times like that may shock people. 25 and i've been pulled by the way i've been pulled over for speeding twice in a day (laughs) twice it happened (laughs) i've had maybe two of those encounters with law enforcement get a little bit froggy but i'm not talking about like on the ground gun to my head like just maybe i got a more aggressive talking to that was about as bad as it got for the most part been completely pleasant you get where i'm coming from right white dude Really haven't had negative encounters, and I'll I'll tell you a lot of times when I get pulled over, I'm not exactly a gentleman. Sometimes you're you know you're a little annoyed, you're freaked out. You tell me what's it like for you? Have you just had all positive experiences, or have you felt sometimes like, hey, you're scared, you're in jeopardy? I didn't like the way I was spoken to.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's just the complete opposite, and I'm not going to say every encounter I've had has been that way, but enough have been that way, you know. And and unfortunately, it's just the the scenario that is. Well, you know, this is what it is. You know, you've got to kind of be used to this. And and fortunately for me, when I was young growing up, my dad told me we're not allowed to get the benefit of the doubt. We're not allowed to allow someone else to make a decision on our lives. So when we get pulled over, there's different there's a different, um, you know, there's different. Rules and regulations to what we have to do. We have to ask permission for everything before we make a move because if we make the wrong move, it could be the last move. And so, unfortunately, that's how we have to go about every kind of scenario. And again, I said it before everybody's not me. So, I'm going to be very cautious. Uh, I tell my my son, hey, you can't, you know, you can't have an attitude. You can't reach for your phone. You can't do any. You can't make any sudden movement. You can't get out of the car. You, I mean, there's so many things you can't do. You have to wait till you're told to do it. And then if you don't like it and don't want to do it, you still have to do it. Or you could end up on the wrong end of a story like we're talking about right now. And it's just it's so unfortunate. And I've had so many so many bad experiences but then I've also had respectful, you know, conversations and respectful uh, experiences as well. A lot of it being because I was super, super extra nice just to make sure that this scenario was not me. But I mean, it's just the nature of the beast, man. I mean, and I, I don't try to make this sound bad or petty, but I feel like someone who looks like you is going to get the benefit of the doubt totally. nine out of ten times. Someone who looks like me is lucky to get the benefit of the doubt one out of ten times.
2: Q Myers is with us. Serious stuff. Not so serious stuff, sports, but we'll turn the page to what's going on with the Raiders. All right, your reaction
1: to Carl Joseph back in the fold? You know, I mean, I like it as a a nice signing for depth. I don't think that he's a guy that solves the, the safety situation that the Raiders have. I mean, we all know there's a reason why Carl Joseph wasn't re-signed when his contract was up. He was just an okay player with the team. Matter of fact, a lot of people will say he wasn't even really an okay player. He was... He was just a player. You know, he, he had moments where he was good and had other moments where he struggled. I think the best part of the signing is is that it's going to be a guy that maybe can push Jonathan Abram in, in training camp. A guy that if Jonathan Abram's not doing what he's supposed to be doing, uh, then maybe Gus Bradley says, okay, hey, hey, Jay, you got to come to the sideline. Carl, go ahead and get in there. And maybe he can be that veteran presence to help Abram along. I've seen a lot of Raider fans that love the signing, like it's the returning of Jesus. And I'm like, man, it's, it's Carl Joseph. It's only Carl Joseph. It's not he's not that great. I mean, he, there's a reason why he's out there available, you know, and and, and being signed at the end of or middle of April, right before the draft. I mean, he's just a guy. And right now we're looking at a 90 man roster. We're not looking at a 53 man roster. So he's got work to do to even solidify his spot on the opening opening roster for this the regular season in 2021. But I do think it's a good a good signing for depth and just having a guy, especially going into the draft, so you don't have to feel pressed that you have to go maybe reach for a guy just because you need somebody. Instead, you can allow that board to kind of fall to you. So I, I think it's a good depth signing, but nothing more than that. It's Q
2: Myers, Lockdown Raiders podcast. He's up with Cofield and company as he is uh, every Tuesday. What do you think of the comments over the weekend by both Mark Bedane, but spurred on by uh, the MGM's Bill Hornbuckle that they're
1: expecting 100% capacity at Raiders Stadium in the fall? You know, I, I expected that. I really did. You know, I'm, I'm here in central Texas and, you know, Texas has been open for a long time and, uh, you know, the Rangers brand new stadiums at a hundred percent. Jerry Jones, you know, he's going to be at 120% if possible. He's going to fill everybody in there. He wants to make every dollar he possibly can. And I, I just assumed that, you know, as long as it, they feel safe in in uh, Nevada that they were going to go ahead and open up Allegiant stadium, they missed a, a whole year of having fans at that that beautiful brand new stadium. I didn't think that they were going to miss it two years in a row or have um, minimum capacity, so I I I think it's good. I think a lot of fans are going to want to go out to the games, uh, both Raider fans and non-Raider fans, just to go out there and see the the new stadium, to get a sense of normalcy, kind of getting back into the swing of things, opening the city back up. I think it's really good for everyone, as long as you feel comfortable with going. And the beautiful thing about going to a game is, if you don't feel comfortable, you don't have to go. You know, there's going to yeah. be plenty of people out there that will. Now, hopefully, you know, we get through the summer and we get to the fall and and the numbers are trending down and more vaccines are being taken care of. People are getting their vaccines and everyone's starting to feel a lot better. But I do think by the time the regular season starts, I think that it'll be a good thing to see the fans packed out in Allegiant Stadium. Like I said, Raider fans and non-Raider fans.
2: So Q's got a massive audience of Raiders fans around his Lockdown Raiders podcast. And like I said, has done a lot of work for Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. I'm sure you saw some of this, but I I wonder if you can explain to Raiders fans around the country uh, who are asking, why do we care what the MGM thinks about the stadium and capacity? What do they have to do with the Raiders?
1: Well, the MGM is locked in with the Raiders. I mean, that's just that's just what it is, you know, and and I, I it's just funny, I didn't really see a bunch of the blowback at, at all from that. I just, I was uh, I thought most Raider fans were just excited about the fact that there was going to be a uh, looks like 100% capacity. You know, they were talking about having the, the concert there and uh, what, 4th of July weekend, early July, this should be the first big event that's going to be there. Already sold out all 65,000 seats like immediately. I mean that's that's great, you know, have a few test runs and, and then Raider Nation get ready to Go you know pack out Allegiant Stadium and, and enjoy the home the new home of the Raiders because it's beautiful. I've been there once you know I was there for that Kansas City game and it's a beautiful place. But it sure would have been nice if you could have actually heard fans screaming instead of hearing the Kansas City Chiefs from the sideline yelling "uh just got a dub" or whatever they were yelling, talking trash into the Raiders faces for taking that loss. So uh, yeah man, I, I just can't wait to see that that place opened up the the, the windows open. Uh, you know the the Al Davis torch going and and just the fans out there screaming and yelling. I think it's It's going to be a great thing and a great site for Vegas as well.
2: Q sticks with us. We'll come back. We'll get into the NFL draft and the name or names
0: he's seeing most often at that number 17 pick. Get that mortgage tuned up right now. 877-700-NOVA is the number to call at Nova Home Loans. From the fantastic Nova Home Loan studios, Cofield & Company is back. Rolling on with some Raiders talk here on ESPN Las Vegas on Cofield
2: and Company. Q Myers, our Tuesday guest, is in with us. So I'm sure you're tracking all the mock drafts, and eventually they start to cannibalize each other. You see the same names over and over and over again, uh, again, and the same positions. Where do you think the Raiders are most likely to hone in on at that 17th pick?
1: You know, this is a great question because and I've been talking about it quite a bit on the podcast because I I did a mock draft and I only do one every year. And I did it for the the podcast network. And so at 17, I went with offensive tackle because I believe that that's where the Raiders are going to go. I believe that's what Mike Mayock and John Gruden are going to hone in on. But I don't believe that that's actually the best pick available. You know, I think that that might be a really good pick. I went with Christian Derisaw, offensive tackle out of Virginia Tech. I think he's really, really good. Didn't allow any sacks in 2020. So, I mean, hey, bookend him with Colton Miller, and you're, you're solidifying your offensive line that you, you know, you tore down and, and traded off some pieces to in the offseason. So I think it's a good pick. But when I went back and looked at it later, I said, man, if I didn't think like the Raiders or think that I was thinking like the Raiders, I could have gone with a difference maker like a Micah Parsons or a Jeremiah Wusu koromoa the, the stud linebackers, or you know, maybe even got aggressive and traded up and went and tried to go get a Patrick Sertain if he was available at like 10 or 12, try to make a, a, a bounce up and, and go get a difference maker. So I feel like I should have thought about it a little bit longer instead of just kind of falling in line with what I think the Raiders are going to do. But at the end of the day, I don't think an offensive tackle is a, a bad position to take at 17. Another guy that I've been hearing as well, safety Trayvon Merrick out of uh, TCU. And obviously we know safety is a, a big-time need. Now, I will say you probably can get a safety in the second round as well and go get a guy like a Javon Holland out of uh, uh, Oregon or uh, Richie Grant out of UCF that those guys are ball hawks. You know, they've, they've created a lot of turnovers in college. And the one thing I know about football is if you create turnovers in high school, and then you turn around and turn, create turnovers in college. Most likely, you'll probably turn the ball over, create turnovers uh, on the next level. You know, it's, it's just one of those things. It's like a it's a it's a habit. It's habit forming, and so I think that those kind of guys, Holland and Richie Granite in particular, could be available for the Raiders in the second round to, to fill that safety need. So, really, as far as I'm concerned, it's offensive tackle you're looking at, safety, and maybe linebacker at that number seventeen spot. That's one the ones I've seen the most.
2: Go back a minute, and you said. I shouldn't have been thinking like the Raiders. You sounded frustrated. What does thinking like the Raiders mean?
1: I was frustrated, and and I am frustrated by it because I feel like I've been following the team and covering the team so long that I almost feel like I I know what they're thinking and and the way that John Gruden is thinking. And we know that him as an offensive-minded guy, uh, his first pick when he came back to the Raiders was Colton Miller. I mean, that was an offensive tackle, even though there was other players on the board that a lot of people thought, hey, that would be a good fit with the Raiders, he went and got an offensive tackle. Look, you need tackles. So it's not a bad thing. It's just... I feel like that the Raiders are going to make sure they do everything in their power to make sure that offensive line is solidified immediately and then work their way out. And and, Hey, look again, you build the lines up offensively and defensively. That's not a problem. So I'm not mad at it. I just think at 17, I had some other options on the board that if I hadn't been less aggressive, I probably could have made and really been a difference maker. Like a Michael Parsons was available when I picked and I went with Darisol when I could have picked Parsons and said, Hey, you're responsible for Kelsey. You're responsible for Fant. You're responsible for any running backs that coming out of the backfield, like Clyde Edwards-Helaire. And instead, I was like, "Well, let me just go get the best offensive tackle," even though the draft class is deep in offensive tackle. So I, I, I didn't think it enough. But then at the same time, I might have overthinked it. You know, what I mean, it was just I, I, I was frustrated. I'm still kind of frustrated that I made that pick.
2: Why is Parsons slipping? At least according to mock drafts, we could, uh, you know, we could wake up on. Uh, Friday morning and you know, he'll have gone eight or
1: nine in the draft. but
2: why do you think he's slipping?
1: Well, I mean, he just has a, a few you know red flags off the field. There's a couple issues that concern some people off the field. Uh, I don't really get concerned with too much that he's got going off the field. He didn't play in 2020. That's another reason. And then you see these teams leapfrogging. You know, you see these guys jumping up there in the top uh, half of the, the first round of the draft to go and get these quarterbacks. And so you know that really good players are going to start dropping. And, you know, Patrick Sertain very easily could be like the first defensive player taken off the board, and he might not go till number 10. Hmm. So then you're looking at, okay, well, hold on. Who else is going to be available? Then you know there's going to be some wide receivers. Devontae Smith, you know, that uh, Jalen Waddle is going to go off the the board pretty early. I mean, of course, Kyle Pitts is. I mean, he's the cream of the crop. He's going to go off probably top five, probably number four to Atlanta if they stay there. But I mean, there's just a, a lot of talented guys that are going to be going off the board, and, and I think that there's a, a chance that he could be dropping. And you know, again, I was surprised because at first, when the I think draft season started he was top 10 pick and then all of a sudden kind of similar to Justin Fields you start seeing these guys mock drafts start to drop and start to drop and start to drop and it's like why why are all these guys dropping uh, but again other teams might be just putting that out there as well because they want them to drop the, or they want that player to drop to them as well
2: some of the uh, NFL chatter at the beginning of the week as we're with Q Myers here on a Tuesday and Cofield and Company has been around Julian Edelman retiring i feel like in the new england area and especially you know uh, espn is based there that there's this swell for edelman to the hall of fame and i'm not here to bash him really good player key part of multiple championship teams but this hall of fame stuff outside of new england i think the rest of us are like what are you talking about
1: he is in the hall of really good He's really good player, you know, and came up with some big clutch catches throughout the course of his career. He was part of a New England team that did some great things. You know, they went to the playoffs what eleven years in a row. I mean, he he was a, a very big piece of Tom Brady's success and the Patriots' success in New England. But Hall of Fame is elite, man. That's the that's upper echelon. That's the the you know the cream of the crop, man. I mean, you are the best of the best, and never once in Edelman's career. Was he the best of the best? I mean, he was really good, and he's a good story. You know, oh, he's, you know, seventh-round pick, and he was a quarterback, and then he turned slot receiver, and he's done this. I mean, that's great. Stories are good, but that's a really good story. You tell your grandchildren really good stories. You don't put them in the Hall of Fame because they have a really good story. You know what I mean? So I I don't understand. I thought it was funny when Julian Edelman announced he retired, and I saw someone say that. I went on the radio, and I said, yeah, uh, Julian Edelman, people are talking about him possibly being a Hall of Famer, and I just kind of laughed it off, and I thought that was the end of it. And then all of a sudden I realized it's a huge debate. Like, what are you talking about? He's not a Hall of Famer. He's a really good player. And that's okay. That's great.
2: Hugh Myers is with us. It's uh, ESPN Las Vegas here on a Tuesday as we're uh, talking NFL. Talking college football, I know you had a chance
1: to get out to uh, some spring practice. So what's the vibe around Baylor? Man, I'll tell you, being at spring practice was awesome. We had an opportunity on Saturday. We'll have another opportunity this upcoming Saturday. Just being out there on the field and being out there and being able to see football activities. Last year, it was all everything from the press box. As you know, it just wasn't the same access. We did calls with the coach on by way of Zoom. This time, we did a media session in, in person. And, I mean, I was like, whoa, what is this, man? This is a different experience, but it's just nice to to be there in person and see everyone and and just see some football activities. Now, the team is pretty jazzed up. Of course, the, the basketball team's coming off a national championship. They got a parade going on later on this evening. And so the coach, Dave Aranda, in his second year, he's pretty fired up. He's got a little extra pep in his step. And now he's looking around and saying, well, you know, the women's coaches winning championships, the men's basketball coaches winning championships. I only won a couple games in 2020. I better get to really step my game up. So he even said, he told us, he said, hey, I was at the national championship game and I looked around and said, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to be in the same class as these guys, but I am, I'm here. So let's embrace this. Let's take this with us. Uh, there's a lot of eyes and, and and ears and mouths talking about Baylor right now. So let's give them something good to talk about. So they've got a little bit of a rejuvenation, a little bit of extra energy to them. And I mean, I, who knows, who knows how they're gonna going to actually go out there and perform. I think they got to figure out who their quarterback's going to be. They have a couple of guys that are in question right now. And and once you find that out, then I guess you can go from there. But it's nice to just see a nice pep in their step and and know that spring football is is here. And, you know, I've actually started doing a a little camp tour now with all the big 12 teams just because I'm excited about football. Even though it's not till the fall, we're still talking about spring football. Q Myers. All right, Q, tell people what you got coming up on uh, Lockdown Raiders podcast. Well, you know, it's funny, man. I accidentally uh, got an interview opportunity with uh, Marquette King, obviously uh, used to be a punter for the Raiders. And when Gruden took back over, uh, immediately released him. And it's crazy. He's been on Twitter a lot lately, and he uh, he's been saying that he just wants some answers from the NFL because he feels like he could do it better than anyone. And he's not getting that opportunity. So he's like, well, well, why? So I just randomly, you know how it is. You, you 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 take a shot if you can, and you hope that it comes through and lands. And I just sent him a direct message on Twitter and was like, hey, man, I'd love to talk to you about it. And he just all of a sudden called me out of nowhere. So I had a big 25-minute conversation with him on Monday night. So on Friday, I'm actually going to let that uh, – I'm going to play that on the on the podcast. Uh, interview with Marquette King. Really good stuff. You can hear the passion and the pain in his voice about not being able to play and go out there and punt. And I think it's something that some people are going to really, really enjoy. So that's something to look forward to on, on Friday. You can always follow me on Twitter at your boy Q254. I tweet out the link every single day.
2: There he is. Q Myers with us here on a Tuesday on Cofield and Company. The spot is brought to you by the LV Sports Network Drafting for Doe contest. That's right. ESPN Las Vegas and Nova Home Loans are giving one lucky winner $1,000 in cash and a $250 Raiders Image Store gift card. For making the right picks in the NFL draft, you go to LVSportsNetwork.com, you pick your first 17 draft choices. Whoever has the most correct choices will be the winner. It's your chance to win $1,000 in cash, 250 bucks to the Raiders Image Store. And best of all, it's free, free, free. It's all brought to you by Nova Home Loans. Give them a call. Get that mortgage tuned up, 877-700-NOVA. Picks must be in by Wednesday, April 28th. It's our... Drafting for Dell no contest. Get
0: up online. LVsportsnetwork.com. Cofield got his mortgage tuned up. You should too. Call 877-700-NOVA now to lower your interest rate and lower your payments. It's Good Times with Mr. Sunshine. Brought to you by Silver State Schools Credit Union. Prioritizing people over profit.
2: There are so many days we... Come on to the show, and we're like, uh, well, this didn't turn out to be good times, right? The story doesn't really match what the intention was of this time period in the show. By the way, it's Cofield, Ari, Adam Hill is here. We'll get to uh, some analysis of Carl Joseph, which we never got to yesterday, so uh, we got a lot of football talk coming up. Uh, Michael Gelkin, Cowboys, path to the draft, and then uh, that's going to be a 315. Miles Simmons in the 4 o'clock hour from PFT, and uh, he's the guy who covered the Raiders, so we'll get to Carl Joseph then. So I just saw a story come down, uh, kind of related to what the NFL announced today, which was basically anyone who works around the players in the NFL, you got to get the vaccine or you're not going to have access to be around the players. Uh, and this is going to be this thorny issue that we talked about, uh, going back like six months, what's going to happen with the vaccine. Are you going to be required to have the vaccine to work, to go to events? Um, there seems to have been a a little bit of a pushback that that's going to happen. Well, uh, headline uh, AP, just about an hour ago, Buffalo Bills and Sabres fans will have to show proof that they've been vaccinated against COVID-19 if they want to attend games, says Erie County Executive Mark uh, Polenchars Our goal is to have a 100% full house for the Bills and the Sabres starting in the fall. Our plan is that unless you are vaccinated, you will not have entry to the stadium. It is easy. It is safe. Look at this. Look at the Look at that
3: smile. Awesome.
2: (laughs) Well, Because last week you were saying that the fact that Josh Allen simply said, hey, I'm a little bit hesitant in getting the vaccine. You thought that would lead to just freaking Armageddon in the area because a quarterback like Josh Allen has a lot of influence with local fans. Well, now this isn't official yet, right? But the venues are owned by Erie County. This is an Erie County official saying, you gotta have it. You gotta have proof of it to get
3: in. I feel like this is a direct response to Josh Allen. Yeah. Wow. It's um, because I and I also know. Again, I know these people. They're my family. I know these people. They're you my know, family. You know all of them. Yes, they're my family. I know them. I know. I know. You many know of, of them. people like your family. Not everyone in Buffalo is the same. Of course, not everyone everywhere is the same. Exactly. Well, but I like I, to point that out because you you like to paint with the broad brush if it's on your side of things like like 450 of them I've seen at my family reunions and most of their friends have come around and they're all the same okay but yes uh, I know a great deal of people in this area and like they will fight back and be like but Josh Allen said we didn't need to get it like okay that's what's going to happen no and I think I think I think in this case it's like okay our clown quarterback came out and as an anti-vaxxer essentially uh, let's do something to fix this and this is the region saying um get the vaccine do you think this will actually be the case in the fall if it's gonna be fought I know that I know one player's wife spends a lot of her day on Twitter ranting against the vaccine who's this and saying it's a fake illness and all this other stuff from's wife uh no uh Jordan Poyer's wife oh really who's also an Instagram model oh really yeah okay uh who also who lebron slid into her dms which is one of my favorite stories like recently no when uh jordan poyer played for cleveland uh he brought his wife and sat courtside and uh after the game lebron found out who the wife was slid into the dms and she was like uh i'm dating a guy from the browns and he was like "So." (laughs) (laughs) that was even more incentive Uh, and no i don't know that uh, i've seen that i've seen these screenshots they could be fake uh, who knows but yes this is a Pretty famous story All out right. there.
2: Well, th- this is the first I've heard of an NFL market uh, local official saying uh, you got to be vaccinated to get into the games. Let's go. So we'll see if that starts to pick up steam here in the state of Nevada. I know you wanted to counter with a happy story, good sure. news for
3: Nevada, right? Well, yeah, I think so. I think you know we have very a good, official stuff here. A good national perception. There was a a study done uh, in the the methodology of this is very elementary, but I think also great. Where they would just show respondents two states and say which is better, and you might ask, "Well, at what better in what way? Which is better?" It's just state versus state, which one's better? Yes. And so, over a long period of time, they did they ran thousands and thousands and thousands of matchups. Millions. Very scientific. Yeah. Millions. Is, okay. Yes, millions of matchups. I think Nevada will do well. Come on, we're no yeah. one. No, no one.
2: No one's thinking about Reno. If that was folded in, we'd be in trouble. Under? They're, th- they're thinking Vegas. They're thinking gambling. They're thinking Sin City. What happens here stays here and then makes it to a Twitter
3: poll. Under that criteria? Yeah, you don't see Nevada. You see Vegas. Like, when they show you the matchup, you're like, oh, Vegas. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, Nevada, of course, should do well at this. Sure. And we did. We did. Number four. In the Really? We're number four. Yeah. We're number four. That's pretty good. Now, not surprisingly, again, with this parameter, if this is how we're going to judge this, Hawaii won. Now, I would I would make a big case against Hawaii being inexpensive, um, a lot of issues in Hawaii that I wouldn't want to deal with. But if it's just state versus state, of course, Hawaii is going to do well. Mm-hmm. The tropical paradise to people, they're going to like it. So Hawaii, me, number one. Can you come up with the top five? Let
2: me come up with my top five. Hmm. Well, there's some top five states. That I I really do like, but I can't go to right now. I don't feel safe. Well, I got to think about number five, like Florida. Yeah, I, I like out. I like Florida a lot, but Florida I'm, I'm out. out right now. Riverboat run running, running things. Uh, my top my top four would be Nevada, New Jersey, California, Hawaii. Well, Hawaii finished one. Okay. Nevada's number four. Okay. California's twelve.
3: Okay. So you got New, so you got,
2: New, New Jersey somewhere in that like uh, two to twelve range. That's well, that three got, to twelve range. You got three that were pretty finished okay. pretty well. All right. My home state? New Jersey. Number forty eight.
3: Wait, what? <laughs> Again. Okay, I gotta I gotta hear the other states at the bottom. With this criteria, you understand why New Jersey would do poorly. Like it's just you get this uh, bad image it of it. It doesn't have a great reputation no. because it's all, no. all
2: it's all been built up as just a smoggy, polluted, uh just obnoxious big haired lady, Jersey
3: Shore people state. They yeah. get everything. They get you, all the negative stuff. So, like what I said, when you see Nevada in the matchup, you see Vegas. Right. When you see Jersey, you see Snooky. Yeah. And you're like, okay. I was going to say out. Newark, but actually yeah. Snooky is yeah. probably a better I'm, I'm representation I'm yes. of the state. So it's not going to do well. So 48th, not great. Uh they are ahead of Mississippi, 48. ahead of Mississippi and Alabama. Well, that's a victory. And they also included Washington, D.C. in this poll, of course, dead last, because when you see DC, you just see Politics and division say no, I don't want that. But yeah, DC last, but Jersey, Mississippi, Alabama, the bottom three. What a just a dredge of society. Those wow. three states are what a nightmare. It's a disaster. I can't even ask
2: like, how do we as a native, how do we climb out of the cellar? But you really can't. Your rep no. is set, and they keep they keep pounding the rep with Jersey Shore and the freaking Real Housewives and where new york dumps their trash and where new york dumps their trash It's yeah, yeah, the, the whole the whole thing it just uh, it just it smells it's smoky and stinky in new jersey mind.
3: is where new york has put their garbage It's true
2: yeah, that didn't help uh, the head of the catholic league back in 2005 thank
3: there, you there's some weird Sign ones across like, to you too buddy some yeah. some so weird ones like i don't understand how like montana finished 18th like i thought that would do lower
2: i feel like montana's been like The Dakotas in Montana have had, like, a very good pandemic. I don't mean with life and death. I just mean from a rep standpoint because people could escape. That's actually a good question. People are buying property in remote areas now because they just want to get away from people. Those are not my kind of stage. You know that. And I know they're not yours because you're not a scenery guy. No. Uh,
3: Look at all the beauty. No. Don't care. Which do you think finished higher, North or South Dakota? There's a pretty big gap between them. South Dakota higher. I would have thought so, too. Didn't no thirty seven for North Dakota forty four. What for South Dakota? I have no factual <laughs> basis to be shocked by that. I, well, don't, I have I, no idea. I would have thought you'd say like you know Mount Rushmore uh, that they've got that North Dakota. Who, has they really do. Nothing? They have, who's they South? Okay. North Dakota really has nothing. There's nothing there. Don't they have the bison? I think there's in South Dakota too. Well, I meant the football team. Oh, well, I, I mean, I guess I, I don't. I don't I, have a lot this of the sports. Knowledge. I know it's not a it could be thing. anything.
2: We New Jersey, New Jersey turned out to be basically a TV show, right? It's it's a couple sports. of TV shows. has just ruined it.
3: All the goodwill. The Sopranos did gone. I would have thought Delaware would finish very low too, but they're 32. There's just nothing. I was Delaware. It's the same state. People don't know that though. It's worse. It's not great.
2: No, it's not. I've spent some. Time what happened to good times? This this didn't turn out to be a good times for me. Well, it's good times for Nevada, number four. It's a good point. And saying, I've been in Nevada now longer than the Garden State. So, what about Florida? Uh, yeah. Well, I was in Florida for a little bit too. Like I said, have sworn them off for a little while. Uh, on the way back, we'll get you an update on uh, what's going on around the NFL with the some of the new standards with the vaccine and testing. And yeah, we'll. Go down the path to the draft with the uh, next pickup, Cowboys, as a cowboy expert will join us
0: in about 15 minutes. This has been Good Times with Mr. Sunshine, brought to you by Silver State Schools Credit Union. Become a member today at SilverStateCU.com.